This is the Visual Developers Podcast with your hosts, Lacey Kessler, Matt Varghese, and Ben Parker. Interviews, no-code reviews, tutorials, and more, we're here to talk about all things no-code. Hey everybody, Ben here with Visual Dev FM, back for another episode, and I'm joined by one of my co-hosts, Lacey. Your favorite co-host. Hello. You're my, my favorite co-host. And Matt said that he was too good to be a part of the roundup, and he didn't want to do it for all of you who are listening to the podcast. He said, forget the listeners. Um, actually, he didn't say that, but I mean... We're just did, we're pretending he said it. Uh, so uh, Matt was able to record with us earlier when we did re- we uh, have an awesome interview with Aaron Cornblit uh, from Airtable where he talked about the new interface launch. So if you want to hear all about that, stick around. We had an awesome conversation with Aaron, and Matt was a part of that. Uh, but as usual, before we get to you know the 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 meat and potatoes, we're going to talk about everything new in No Code. So let's start with our very own Lacey. Uh, Lacey joined the team at Webflow. Uh, welcome to the team. Like we are now two thirds Webflow on this podcast. They're gonna make us cancel this podcast because they're gonna. It's like, <laughs> like, like, this can't be a Webflow official podcast. Yeah, right. I know. Well, actually, I heard they would. You know, they might buy the podcast if we can kick Matt off. So. <laughs> Um, you know, of course, I'm going to be in favor for that. <laughs> well, he didn't even show up for this episode, so like I know. I, I mean, know. we're already halfway. Clearly, there. he's moved on. Um, <laughs> no, I am. I am so thrilled to join the team. Um, this is literally a dream, and um, still pinching myself, and um, just cannot wait to to jump in and, and get started. I love it. Well, welcome to Webflow. Uh, I think it's super cool. And so now, you know, those awkward moments on the podcast you've all heard where I can't say anything. Uh, now it's going to be two-thirds awkwardness because Lacey and I, neither one will be able to say anything. And it's just going to be Matt speculating into the wind uh, about things. So it's going to be fun. But welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. Uh, glad you're here. Um other Webflow news, Webflow had some big no-code conference announcements. By the way, no-code comps next week. If you haven't registered, definitely go check that out. It's free. Sign up. But the big news is that Trevor Noah is going to be a no-code comp. Uh, and so Vlad will be having a conversation with Trevor Noah. Uh, we have Vlad's big keynote that is going to be there and um, I think the other really awesome session here that was announced is Debbie Millman. Um, and so, uh, you know, if you listen to podcasts and you listen to Design Matters, that's Debbie, wonderful speaker, and so excited that Debbie's going to be there as well. Not to mention all the other workshops and very amazing things that are going to be happening. So definitely check that out. Link in the show notes if you want to to catch up with all of that. Uh, Airtable, like I'm not going to get into this in detail here, but Airtable launched interfaces. We're going to we have a whole interview about this, but I feel like I can't go any farther without saying something about how Airtable launched interfaces. So it, this is really cool. I, I you know I've linked the show notes to a video that kind of gives you a good overview of what this is like and what it means. But this is freaking awesome. I'm pretty excited about it. Bubble. Bubble launched their new response. Like we literally last week is Bubble going to launch the new responsive editor. It is out. Um, And so link in the show notes. If you want to see a nice overview a video overview of the editor. Um, And in fact, in the show notes, we also have a link to where you can see them, you know, using it to create repeatable groups. So there's a lot of power here. I did jump in and give this a quick spin. Uh, I don't know if I'm as impressed Maybe everybody sold it to me so much, and I was my bar was so high, and then it released, and I'm like, yeah, all right, like it's nice. But we're gonna do a whole episode on this, so coming very soon, we're gonna talk about this exclusively. So don't worry. Um, Yeah, I okay. So I thought, and maybe I'm off here, 
But I thought they put out a thing saying they were going to do it like incrementally or something like in phases. And then when I saw this, I was like, didn't we just read? I don't know. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm like full. No, you're not like, wrong. You we know, talked like, about this wanna... a little last week, but the, uh, well, I say we, I talked about it with myself on the no code roundup. Cause I was the only one <laughs> in the roundup. But, uh, but essentially what happened was what they canned was the redesign of the editor itself. There was a complete redesign. What they said is like, we're not doing that. We are going to release the responsive editor, and then we'll slowly work on redesigning it. So the responsive engine goes live, redesign of everything, like how it works, the UI will be in pieces. I'm really confused, though, that, like, do they spend two years on a redesign? They're just just redesigning it? Like, I, or was the responsive engine a part of that? I don't know. I'm lost. But it's out. We are going to do a deep dive. It probably won't be next week because I'm assuming – Next week, we're talking about doing a live no-code conference session. I don't know if anybody listening would want to join and hang out with us, ask questions, have some fun, whatever. So we'll probably do that or, you know, whatever. So week following, we'll probably be doing a deep dive into this bubble editor and really talk uh, talk about the new changes. So um, super excited about that. Refocus share, Refocus is a, a Webflow agency. They're amazing. They have a bunch of tools that they created internally um, that they've shared with the world. We, we talked about this in a recent episode. If you haven't seen them, they're really amazing. But they did share this week uh, their tool on how to easily add social share buttons in Webflow. And it's so amazing. Basically, you create an element and you just add uh, uh, the script and then an attribute and boom, you have a share button uh, for social networks and Webflow. This is really cool. Link in the show notes to go check that out. Pori has a new layout builder that lets you drag. I got to update this doc. It says frag and drop. It should be drag and drop. I was uh, like, what the frag? <laughs> what the frag? Uh, it lets you drag and drop in detail views now. And so I don't have a link to this because I got this in an email and there was no like, link out to this information. I didn't even see a tweet about it. Um, but this is really cool. It was in their newsletter. Um, and they also have a new sidebar layout and a new uh, My Account page for users. There's a YouTube video to go check this out. Pori is just releasing things everywhere. They even uh, tweeted this week about how they built uh, their own support tool where they're supporting uh, tickets with, with Pori. I think that's super awesome. Uh, so building their own tooling with the tool that they've built, it's inception, no codeception. It's wonderful. Uh, definitely go check that out. Super happy for their team. JetBoost, uh, with all kinds of releases lately, uh, now highlights matching words on page when using JetBoost search. So if you're using JetBoost to search filters and you search for something, let's say you search for uh, Matt uh, on our page, if we were using it, it would highlight everywhere it said Matt on the page now, uh, which is pretty cool. It's a great functionality for them to add. Uh, Chris really taking it to the next level with JetBoost. Love that. Have you seen Ultra? Uh, this looks really cool. Saw a tweet about this. Ultra.tf. It's like a, a multimedia smart canvas where you can just drag stuff on the canvas and they appear in, quote, unquote, their best form. Images, links, videos, audio, colors, code. It's kind of like a place to keep a mood board or all of your resources when you're designing or working on things. It looks incredible. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Okay. All right. So I am like a, a very kind of spastic uh, creator when I get ideas, whether I'm writing or um, whatever I'm doing. I do a lot of stuff, but um, I am constantly, I've got like tabs everywhere. I have to like group my browser by the tabs of the project and then minimize everything. So when I saw this, I was just like, I can just take all of this stuff that it's like going around in my brain, like don't forget to add it, don't forget to check this, like, and put it all right here. And I love that. And it's kind of like you just throw it on there. So it's not like some like super structured, you know, like it's showing up in great form, but it's not like it's. It's how my brain works. I don't know. I love it. Oh, it's amazing. I cannot wait to use this. I'm, 
I typically use Figma and then I have a GitHub repo where I keep code and like I kind of have things that have to go in two or three different places and they cross link or whatever. But like having one place where you can just kind of drop everything while you're getting your ideas together is really awesome. So this is really cool. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Alter.tf link in the show notes. Cascade Labs raises 5.3 million uh, in its seed round. Uh, and so Cascade, it's Cascade.io. This is another no-code automation tool. Um, and it really gives me Integramat vibes with the way like their nodes work, and you can kind of drag things around and shape them, or, or Parabola. Uh, if you haven't played with this, this looks really, really awesome. Um, and it integrates with a lot of really cool tools, and so definitely worth uh, checking out. Uh, but... Uh, congrats to their team. That's really cool news to hear, uh, to see them see. I always want to see more competition in the space and more tools, uh, more things to choose from. I think it's really good. So super happy for them. Flex Academy released their web designers by the number survey results. So they have a pretty big audience of like 400 and some odd thousand people or whatever. And this was very interesting. If uh, Link in the show notes if you want to go check it out. Basically, you provide your email. They give you a PDF. Um, and it talks about a bunch of different things like, you know, 32% of web designers use Figma as their tool of choice, like when they're designing, you know, whether it's Figma, Sketch, XD, whatever. Um, the steps, this one was really interesting. The steps web designers take to complete projects, only 30% report having content strategy as a part of their process. Only 30%. Uh, 30% do discovery, 40% do research. 30% doing content strategy, 50% doing lo-fi design, 100% doing hi-fi design, 80% doing dev, and then here's another wild number, only 10% doing testing. I'm like, what? what is happening here? Uh, 51% of people responded use Webflow to develop. Uh, you know, uh, it was pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, I also loved how people categorize themselves. Most of the time when you have an anonymous survey, everybody's an expert. But like everybody was like 17% of people are just lost. 43% of people are entry level. 29% are intermediate. 11% advanced. Uh, it talks about how they get work, what they want to get better at, some of the tools they're using. Just covers a wealth of information. And I actually want to have a whole episode where we talk about these results because some of these things really stood out to me, like especially the content design. Where I was like, what is... What is happening in this? That's really interesting. Yeah, I I read it and was like, wow. So link in the show notes if you want to go sign up and check this out. It looks really cool. Um, a Coda engineer built Minesweeper in Coda, and my mind was blown. I don't think there's really any news here. It just, like... Wait, was your mind blown or was it swept? It was... <laughs> Swept. I don't know what is wrong. <laughs> you started working at Webflow, and now you want to make a pun out of everything. It's it's a disease at Webflow, uh, but it's okay. It's okay. It's a it's the right disease to have. Uh, I guess if you're gonna have one. Um, all right, moving on. Some product hunt launches uh, from the from the past week or so. Uh, I don't. Once again, I'm gonna completely screw this up. It's, I don't know if you pronounce this UMSO or UMSO. I do not know. UMSO.com. It's a website builder for startups and it's a way to generate a site. Essentially, you can say, like, what is your product? And you choose from these options like SaaS, mobile app, whatever. It kind of gives you a, a, a best practice layout. You can go through and change your colors and then like the intensity of that color and like what you want your art to be like. Do you want mock-ups or illustrations or none? You can choose kind of font styles. This looks like a really great way to edit a site. I, I looked at this site builder and you know, they do have some things that are pretty awesome. They have multilingual websites, cookie solutions, passwords, blogging analytics, custom forms, uh, a lot of different things. So this is a pretty, pretty cool uh, tool. If, you're, if you've been looking for another site builder to check out, definitely think this is worth taking a look at. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I, it makes me think of, like, card... Yeah. And lied if they had a baby. Yes. Yep. That it would be something like this with just like super easy to use. Really um, clean. Like really clean. And then 
basic, but not in a bad way. Just like it's yeah. not overloaded with a bunch of features. Yep. And um, the kind of like entering in your information to generate something, something unique. I know that's like kind of the direction you know Glide's going in, and I, I think it's really interesting. It's a pretty neat tool, and uh, you know, especially for people who like you're like, hey, Webflow and Bubble feel like a buff. <laughs> like I, I open them up, and I'm like, what? Uh, it's too much for me. Like this is the kind of tool that would really be helpful for you. So, um, or might really fit in your toolkit and be something that you can kind of go back to and use. Uh, so definitely worth checking out. I think this is awesome. Or I mean, forget skill set. I mean, it might be something like, hey, I just need to stand something up quick. Totally. Like this is definitely worth looking at. So uh, definitely check that out. Another one that uh, I saw was Luna Park. Luna-Park.app. Uh, their tagline is build web apps like never before coming early 2022. Um, it's code, but visual. And they have um, a lot of drag and drop pieces, nodes that you would think of um, where you can kind of build flows. And then you're supposed to be able to use it with any front end tool. So if it's basically a back end for Webflow or Squarespace and help you build dynamic web apps, um, this looks really awesome. And so uh, if you have been thinking, like, how can I put a back end on, like, cards, Squarespace, Webflow, I, you know, easily without having to do a whole lot of work, uh, keep your eyes peeled here uh, and go sign up and join the wait list. Seems like early 2022 we're going to get some news here and, and learn more. As soon as they kind of launch and give more information, we'll definitely be talking about it here. Um, looks really cool. Yeah, I really like the design on this, um, and I wanted to see who uh, was behind it, but I can't find that. So if you know who's behind it, or if you're listening to this and you are behind it, let me know. I'm curious who you are. Tell us. Um, Tell us. Yeah, this is cool, I and mean, the design is nice. Like, Yeah. This is it, great. It's slick, and I think it was... Um, I think it's built like it's custom code Vue.js. So um, yeah, really I looked using... at that immediately. I was like, "Is it Webflow?" Is, is this a That's Webflow what thing? I always do. Uh, the other one that I found, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I'm going to mess it up. Um, but it is a little different. Um, a row UI. I don't know. Um, in basically. Solid. <laughs> that, was a good, that was a good one. We're gonna try. We're gonna try for it. This is not necessarily no code. This is this is code without having to code or having to know how to code really. So essentially, these are UI components. This is the code snippets. And essentially, like if you're working in in a platform that allows like where you're coding things or where not everything's not necessarily no code, you can basically say, "Ooh, this hero." Uh, section. I want that. Copy the code. Paste it into your editor. Boom. You now have <laughs> a hero section. They have a lot of code snippets that are available. Uh, if you go check out all their components, uh, there's quite a few there. From you know nav bars to like marketing UI to you know all kinds of things. And you can um, you can definitely tell this is like based off of a lot of Tailwind stuff. But they're just selling components and. Uh, a lot of different pieces, and so if you know, once again, if you're that no coder who's still dealing with a lot of code, this is a great option for you. So definitely worth checking out. Hundred percent. It kind of reminds me of what's that guy's name? He's a developer. I think like refactoring UI. Yeah, yeah, that's you know that's it. About? Yeah, yeah, that's Tailwind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah kind of gives me those those vibes. It's pretty sweet and uh, and definitely worth checking out. So you know, if you're building with code a little bit and you're like, hey, I don't want to have to write all the code or I don't want to have to use a builder, export the code and then copy and paste it, this might be a great tool for you to use. So definitely check it out. And that's all we've got for this week's No Code Roundup. So don't go anywhere. Stick around. Uh, listen to our interview with Aaron Cornblit. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And we will uh, see you all next week. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in and sticking around for our interview with Aaron Kornblit. And Aaron is with us today. Uh, Aaron is uh, does education at Airtable, also runs the Automate All the Things stream. So welcome, Aaron. We are so glad to have you with us. Yeah, excited to be here. Long time listener, first time 
uh, speaker, I guess. But yeah, no, really excited to be here and really excited to uh, field all your questions and talk about the, all things no code. Now, we have been, this is a long time in the making. We've been talking about having Aaron for a while now. So it's like surreal, the person I watch on streams all the time to actually be here on the podcast. I really love it. Super excited to have you. But like, let's start with the easy question for those folks who maybe don't follow you or haven't haven't come across you before. I think that's going to be almost no one in this audience. But just in case, uh, talk a little bit about uh, your background and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no. So uh, I think almost three years ago now, I started Automate All the Things, which was uh, a dinner where I would invite uh, folks, uh, friends, essentially, and and teach them how to automate stuff. And that turned into a YouTube channel uh, where, yeah, I would stream every week Uh, and also created this thing called the Essential Guide to Airtable, which became this popular course uh, on Airtable. And then I haphazardly, frankly, joined uh, the education team at Airtable. Uh, So now I wear that hat and the Automate All the Things hat. So if folks want to learn Airtable, join the stream. It's all at aatt.io. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I love it. So let's dive like right into all of like, first of all, the latest news from Airtable. You know, we saw earlier this week, interfaces launched. Um, one of the things that you told me was that when that launched, you were going to come on, like, I didn't know what was coming. You just said, we're going to launch a new feature and I'm going to come on the podcast and talk about how all the other competition is trash compared to Airtable. Now, am I misquoting you? I might be misquoting you. Uh, you, I, I'm, I'm not going to let that fly. So, I, I can. I mean, I said I'll come and talk about the, the, you know, what we're launching and, and why it's important. I don't remember anything about trashing any competitors. Um, oh, maybe, I think that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> I think the trash. I think the trash part was probably talking about Matt. That's probably what it was. <laughs> um, Aaron is a Canadian and therefore the nicest person ever. Um, so no, I can't imagine he'd say anything along those lines. No, but talk to us about interfaces. This is like a huge deal. I saw the release and was like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. So just tell us a little bit about this and like what it means for teams now. Yeah, I think, you know, when you think of an application, whether that's internal, external, whatever that is, it's like three parts. It has a database somewhere where you store the information, has a kind of logic layer, right? Pulling information, doing things. And then you have an interface layer. That's what people actually interact with. And I think most uh, workflow tools, I'll kind of put a creator like, you know, Notion, Coda, all of that, Monday, uh, all things that business people interact with, the database part is the interface part, right? So you go into an Excel sheet and you enter the information and that's also what you see, right? And what happens with Airtable is we've always had a database part and we've now have a logic which is automations and bases being the databases side. And until this week, your interface was your database. You could restrict it. You can change it. You could create views. You can do shared views, put forms to input information. But ultimately, Airtable decided uh, what that interface looked like. And what happens when you're creating workflows with you know, a lot of collaborators, a lot of people, Everyone has a different thing that they want to kind of get out of it. Some just want the dashboard part. Some want to update information. And in Airtable now with interfaces, you can create an interface for a specific type of stakeholder, right? So saying, okay, I want this person or these types of people to see uh, charts and in, in this relevant part in the workflow, give them the opportunity to update that information or not and abstract the database part. Right. So you don't necessarily need the database part. You don't need to go into that Airtable base. You can really create interfaces that are right for each type of stakeholder in your workflow. Um, And that's like a fancy way of saying you can build interfaces now. Right. You can control what people can click, what they can update and mix and match different elements like charts and, and grids and all that. So really. You know, for me, it's like super exciting, especially as someone who like loves to build bases, but hates when people join that base necessarily. Right. And start changing things. So now I can give them an interface that's right for what I expect them to do in the workflow. 
Now, I love that. I love that explanation because I can't tell you how many times I create a Google Sheet in the past or a Coda Doc, and you're like, how do I lock this person out of destroying this thing that I've worked so hard to build? And there's so many intricacies here. I just want them to be able to to see this and to view this. I love that that natural evolution. I think there are a lot of things that people said on Twitter about this, like, you know, a lot of responses I've got, there's been some comparisons to Stacker, there's been some comparisons to, you know, uh, a few other tools. One of the one of the first things I was asked is, can I embed this in my site now because I want to have my own dashboard in a public-facing facing site? But I, I know one of the things that you mentioned was, like, in order for people to really be able to work with this right now, they have to be a collaborator on the base. So can you talk about a little bit about what, who is the target audience and what it was specifically, like, what the ideal use case is for something like this. Yeah. Uh, so, so just yes, today, if you are a collaborator on an interface, we automatically are, you have to assign that person a, a permission level on the base itself, right? So the interface layer and the database layer from a permission standpoint is tied, right? So that is different from the way some UIs work out there, right? But um, when you think of like who is this for, it's basically like every Airtable user, right? Like Airtable, some people use Airtable as you know a public-facing anything, right? But the vast majority of Airtable users can create workflows on Airtable, right? Uh, and so interfaces is for them, right? It's for people who create workflows or manage workflows on Airtable and want to create a front-end experience for the people interacting with that workflow, right? Um, that is sometimes different from no-code users, but sometimes isn't, right? Um, in in really kind of thinking about interfaces as the evolution of where Airtable has always wanted to go, which is allow everyone to build their own applications that work the way they expect. Now, I think it's important, like, this is a beta, right? So we just launched this. We've It's, a, it's, a, it's an open beta. Anyone can build interfaces, um, and so we're excited to hear what people think, right? Uh, I've already gotten a lot of feedback and it's all been great. Uh, so really appreciate that and excited to see what, how people use it. And I think that's one interesting thing of creating primitives at Airtable is that the way people use it sometimes doesn't, not sometimes, often surprises us, right? So someone, uh, shared, you know, a colleague, uh, built like a, like a build your own adventure haunted house in interfaces. And I thought that was, that was so cool. Right. Um, so I'm really excited to see how people use it. So have you like a good question here for people who are, are, are using Airtable and, and interested in like diving into this, the beta, cause I haven't got a chance to log in this week and, and play with it yet, but I'm super excited mm-hmm. to kind of give it a spin. Uh, is there a specific plan you have to be on uh, to try the beta? And is there a specific plan afterwards? Like, will this be free for all users or is it, or is it will it be gated at a certain point? Yeah. So, no, there's no plan you have to be on. Uh, some uh, elements, right, uh, that you can't, if you're on the free plan, for instance, you know, the, the pro plan, you need to be on a pro plan to have timeline, for instance. You won't be able to use the timeline element in interfaces. But otherwise, you can build as many interfaces as you want, right, uh, on the free plan and all plans. And there's no kind of, uh, how to say, like, there's no uh, uh, clear timeline. So sometime in 2022, well, time flies, um, uh, the, there might be a change where they're not all free, but there, uh, we will let Airtable will let you keep all the interfaces you've already built, right? If there is a change, you get grandfathered. Every interface you've built gets grandfathered into that. So again, like a reason, even better reason to just like build interfaces, have fun, you know, and like uh, build as many as you want. Figure out how it is that your workflow can be improved. Uh, with this new kind of interface functionality, and and like even myself, I've had the the the, the joy of of having it a little longer than most folks, and I'm still like, oh, is that it? Like that's a cool interface. We should build it. And people who use it give me feedback, and I'm like, oh my god, like we can really augment our workflow here and really make it more efficient. Uh, so yeah, I'm like super super excited about this. So I'm curious in thinking about this brand new release, which I'm really, really excited about and want to jump into. And we've kind of been playing with it um, a little bit. But 
How do you think this compares or stacks up to, sorry, I hate myself, to um, Stacker app um, or even maybe softer um, since those are like built on Airtable. I'm curious, um, honestly, to see kind of like how the community takes it in and, and if people move away from those tools directly to the mothership. Um, what do you think? Yeah, it so this I think is like a very no code type community discussion, right? Like what is my new stack with this, right? And um you know, I I'm not going to say like this is how it comp- Airtable compares to Softer or Stacker cuz frankly, I don't use a lot of those things, right? In the sense of like what I can tell you now is that um when I think of like the stack, right? So Webflow, Airtable, Zapier, member stack, and optionally Parabola. Um Airtable doesn't allow you like today the interface is not publicly shareable, right? Uh and so therefore that's like the, the comparison ends there. Right. So Stacker lets you first what I, from my understanding, pull in multiple sources of information, right? Which is I think a unique differentiator. And then on the kind of portal side where they're optimized for a use case that happens to be like good to have Airtable as a backend, right? But Sacker says whatever your backend, where your data comes from, well, you know, we'll aggregate that. We'll let you build a portal on top. And I think there's like pros and cons, right? Um, I think what's important to remember from, from Airtable, right, is that our, the objective has always been to democratize software, Right. And and Airtable is going to go where the users pull us. And and the vast majority of users on Airtable are managing workflows, right? Not building businesses. Some obviously are, and I think a lot of the no code community wants to build businesses, and that's great, right? Um, but interfaces is this like, can we 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 hear that bases with many collaborators, maybe different types of users, really these crucial workflows running on top of Airtable need a unique way of interacting with that information. And I hope that like every no-code tool out there built on Airtable, Google Sheets, whatever, it doesn't really matter to me, or Webflow, thinks about like, what what thing do I bring? What thing do I enable? How do I crisply define that? And how do I communicate it, right? And you know, I think we we've seen this with like memberships versus member stack, right? On Webflow. Like if your business is memberships on Webflow, well, yeah, like Webflow might do that, but you can you can define what you do differently, right? And 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 I hope that um, no code tools will kind of understand that building on top of platforms is 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 good, but you have to define what it is that you do. And, and I'm actually like personally, if I remove my Airtable hat, I'm I'm not so worried for these aggregator type places, right? Because um, the the there's so much greenfield on top of this. The the use cases are so vast on top of Airtable that um, I don't think there's any one use case that you could pick apart and say like I'm going to build my business on this and that won't be large enough, right? And and some examples of that, if like we can go a little away from interfaces, is like uh, you know, Matt, you, you you sure have seen this like. People ask for custom apps on top of Airtable, right? Or they're building on Webflow something like so unique, right? That isn't really what Webflow does, right? But there are enough people out there building on top of that that you can be like, oh, well, that's what we do and that's what we specialize in, right? So, you know, uh, even from like a consultant standpoint, there's so many use cases that are different and unique built on top of no-code tools that I as much as the no code community loves being like this tool versus that tool and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, let a, that, what is it? Let a thousand blossoms bloom, right? Like, um, yes. And let's go. Is that, is that it? Is that, I don't know where that comes from. So I hope I'm not like, like, does that make sense? Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't particularly worry about those types of like, I, I'm sure if you were using whatever tool before, you're probably still using it today. And it's just we're like we're expanding the amount of things can be done. Does that make sense? I, w- I knew I was going to get on this podcast and get all philosophy, like like just get like really high minded. Right. Where everyone's like, 
tell us if this feature is included. And I'm like, have you thought about <laughs> primitives and, and about like the theory behind no code? So, so yeah, no, this is what, this is why we like it. Cause you like, I think getting into these particulars, um, makes the discussion better. Um, the one thing I'd love to hear about m- more of is roles and permissions and where they stand today. Cause I was watching that video you did and, mm-hmm. um, like you said, you can restrict, um, kind of like, you know, only if this person, if the current user is an approver, only let them make right. that change. What's the, what's the game plan for that down the road? That's the one thing I really liked about stacker is like the ability to set, you know, okay, this person can read this, but they can't write to it. Or this person right. can read and write, but they can't update. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to hear more about like where, where is roles and permissions today and like, what's mm-hmm. the game plan? Yeah. Okay. So roles and permissions today, right? So I think that's actually something that, that a lot of people, maybe it's not that they don't know about, but um, so at, at its core, there are four permissions, uh, creator, editor, commenter, read only, right? So those are kind of blanket permissions. So editor can edit information, commenter can comment, read, could see information and not update, right? However, you can provide more granular uh, permissions at any level of the stack, right? So that means you can say this table is you cannot add or remove records or this particular user can add or remove groups or these users, right? So you can specify at that level and then you can go to say, so that's table, table and record are together, right? Because the only thing you can do at a table is add or remove records. Um, and then fields as well. You can say this field is only at this level of permission or these particular people can do this thing at the field level, right? So that is the as granular as you can get. Now, what's important if we're talking about interfaces is that those permissions are mirrored, right? So let's imagine that I'm in interface and there's a particular field that I make editable in an interface, right? If that field in the base is only editable by certain users, the interface will inherit whoever can edit that field in that base, right? So they kind of go from the base. And I think that's why it's important at this level that we have that matching of permissions between the base and the interface. Now, where does this go? Now, one thing I will tell you is I have a huge blabber mouth, so they don't let me into the roadmap as much as I'd like because I come on this podcast and I can't help myself and I tell you all about our roadmap. So I can't tell you where permissions is, are going, but I think what's important to remember is that like Airtable just has this vast amount of use cases, right? And I think what's important to remember, or, or I guess I, I'm going to take off my work at Airtable, but... I guess I can't really take that off fully, but Airtable tries to solve in like a global sense, right? So it's very rare that Airtable, well, never have I seen the like, we solve for a particular problem. We always want to solve for as many use cases as possible. And I think that's particularly true for permissions, right? Because you could imagine a world in which we have like this hundreds of levels of permissions and then it just becomes like this unwieldy thing where you're like, oh my God, like permissioning on Airtable is impossible. And so I think one thing I can promise, I guess, uh, is that it's going to be very thoughtfully thought out, right? So if we do change that permissions, it's going to be in a way that like you intuitively make sense. So we want, today you can, you can pretty much do what you need, right? But those examples where you're saying like someone could, we can give them access in a particular way, um, you know, is, is limiting. But uh, important to remember that interfaces and the base share permissions, uh, whether that's field, table, or any other thing. So if you can't do it in the base, you can't do it in the interface. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for sharing that with us. So I'd be really curious to know, someone who's listening to this who hasn't uh, used Airtable, I'm going to let you pitch here for a second, Aaron. What do you think, if, if you were to say, okay, as you're listening to this, go pull up Airtable, and here's what I think you should build or a great way to get started combining the powerful bases with this new interface. Yeah. So are you asking me, so is the question, what interface do I want people to build or like someone who hasn't used Airtable at all and how should they think about using Airtable and interfaces? 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that probably wasn't super clear. I'm like thinking of like, I guess, what would be a great starter project for someone to get started? So they're going to utilize yeah. the base and then they'll uni- utilize the interface, but something that's not going to overwhelm them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them. Yeah. So it's a good question. And again, it's one of those questions that I wish I had like a perfect answer for you, right? Like, oh yeah, like to-do lists, right? Or I don't know, like CRM, right? But that's, and I think that's one of the challenges of Airtable is that it's probably best for your most broken workflow, right? So take that workflow that's like super crucial that everyone agrees that it kind of sucks, right? Where it's like a mix of spreadsheets and uh, Google Doc and like, you know, your CEO is like going into it every other week. That's probably a workflow that you want to kind of iron out, right? And so... Then you're like, oh, your next question is naturally like, okay, how do I bring it into Airtable, right? Like, okay, I've got this broken workflow. How do I, you know, bring it into Airtable? And I think, again, that's another challenge, right? I I don't know what your workflow is. Um, And so I think it's really about starting very small. Can you import a piece of it, right? Like spreadsheets are often a good starting point, right? So what are those pieces of information that you need for that workflow and then kind of incrementally bring more things in and then kind of have this nicer, more uh, uh, smooth workflow. And then eventually, you know, you'll probably have the whole workflow in Airtable. Now, what I will say, common, common use cases, right? Um, In marketing, like content operations is one, product operations is another, right? So content operations might be like, I run a podcast, right? What is the title of my podcast? Who's on the podcast? I have a list of guests. I want to be able to say this podcast had this guest, right? And then I want to update information in other platforms based on my podcast, right? Or, hey, we have these campaigns that we're running. We're running all these ads. We want to be able to associate this campaign to this ad. We need this design assets to be created. That is a whole other team. And then you're kind of creating this like central one single source of truth for marketing operations, right? Or product operations, right? You work at, at, at Webflow, you want visibility into the roadmap, or you want to be able to associate your next community uh, pitch or event to this upcoming launch, and you want to say this is related to that. So whenever you're saying like, oh, we have this relationships between many pieces of information, you know, Airtable is usually the right uh, place to go, especially if that workflow is kind of broken. Now, to your final question, and then I'll shut up, is that how does interfaces kind of come into that? So if you're quite new to Airtable, Interfaces are probably not the first thing you're going to gravitate to, right? Because they're really particularly useful when you have like different types of stakeholders, people like really invested into your workflow. Um, So usually what you have is like you'll have a creator, you'll have someone like ourselves or our listeners, um, you know, build out a base, start getting people interested, creating views, right? And then you're like, oh my God, like we don't want to give people access anymore. It's maybe not how I should frame it, but like we want to give this person this access, make it really nice for that type of stakeholder. And so a little along your journey, you're going to start using interfaces. Um, so I think it's like a good show of what's possible, but probably in like your first couple of weeks, you're not going to be building a bunch of interfaces. I love this. I think that one of the things that, I mean, personally I'm excited about is, I think probably a lot of people who are listening to this, you talk about common stacks. There's a lot of people who pair Airtable with Webflow, and then they're using different tools like, you know, maybe the FinSuite Sync, or maybe they're using Parabola and they're syncing with the CMS, or maybe they're, you know, just created their own script or automation and, and they're rolling that and they're, they're syncing that data. I think that there is a lot to be said for making it accessible and easy for your clients, for your team to add data to sites, to approve things, to, you know, to kind of, like you said, it's kind of like you can build your own kingdom, essentially, where it's like, we're going to, this is going to be the source of truth, but we're going to going to move this data, you know, to a lot of different places. Um, so I think there's a lot of power there. But like outside of that, like I want to talk about let's like let's talk about competitors a little bit because I feel like I don't want to put you on the spot or anything, but like there's it feels like there's like a lot of 
there's a lot of movement here. Like Coda just announced a new editor. Like they're letting you like, you know, they've got columns and they're doing all kinds of fun things and, and what have you. Can you, can you share a little bit about like maybe even taking off the Airtable hat? Like when you're reaching for Airtable versus some of the other tools out there um, and kind of give a, like a, can you give us a broad overview of like, like why Airtable? Like tell me, like sell me why Airtable interfaces over some of these other pieces. Yeah, you know it's interesting. Um, it's hard to take off my Airtable hat because, like, even before I worked at Airtable, like, I'm, I'm a <laughs> yeah. fanboy. What do you want? Like, yeah, to be like I, yeah. I no, I hear it. You know, like I, I created it. a course on Airtable before I joined Airtable. Like, you can't really be more dedicated than that. You know, and, and the funny part is I wasn't like a content creator. I wasn't like a YouTuber. I was like a dude in my, you know, bedroom being like, people need to learn about Airtable, you know? Um, and like, that was my first piece of content I'd ever created. It was like a blanket over my head so that my Mac speakers would sound good. And it's like, I listen to it today and it's, it's terrible. Uh, it's not terrible. It's just like, you can see that it's, I'd never recorded anything in my life. Um, so I can't take off my air table hat. Now, what I will say and I, is that I, again, I think it's like, it's such a big field, right? Like all of these tools allow people to work in a way that's like convenient for them. Right. So, you know, um, Monday Coda notion, right. It's, it's such a big space that, you know, I think some people gravitate towards certain tools, right? Like I have a very linear mind. I like structure, I understand relational database. I instantly see the value that they can bring to so many different uh, workflows, right? Whether like I'm, I might be moving. I'm like, I can organize all of my furniture into the boxes and I can have a barcode. Like that's the type of person. I'm not an organized person, but I love the idea of organizing, right? Whereas other tools, you know, like I, I, I'm not going to name, I don't even use a lot of them. Right. But like a notion is like, has that aesthetic. If that's what you're after. Great. Right. Uh, if, if, if you're, you know, uh, and I, I think this is like the moment where I could like insert a joke, but I'm not even that clever. Right. So like, um, <laughs> uh, Coda might be good, good for you, Ben. And, and so what I will say it's not like you should use Airtable over any of those tools in these types of situations. I think really like the space is big enough for all of these tools. The workflows that Airtable shines most at are first complex, right? So, so don't think of it as like, oh, I would just put this information into a sheet. Let me put it into an Airtable base, right? Like Airtable works very well when you have linking between information, right? So this podcast has this guest or this campaign has these assets that another team is building. We need to bring those assets in. And that's like another workflow. And then, you know, uh, uh, this page needs to have these assets. It has a writer. It has a draft. It has a Google Doc, right? Like these, these intricate workflows that are really core to a company's operations. That is usually where Airtable kind of shines, right? Um you know, if if I must find a place where some other tools might shine, it's like one that allows a lot of text. Airtable, before interfaces actually, uh, you know, was limited in terms of like writing markup and things like that, right? But with interfaces, is actually pretty dope now, so I can't really say that. Um, so ultimately, I think it's about like finding the tool that matches the way you view the world, right? Uh, if that is very much in relational databases and you've got complex workflows with a lot of collaborators, Airtable usually shines in those moments. I love that. And I think that, so I, I, and I completely agree with you. I will tell you, like, I wasn't always the biggest Airtable fan. Like, um, you know, I think even if you go back and listen early in this, this, uh, this, even this podcast, you would hear me say some, like, yeah, it's Airtable. Like, it looks really great. Uh, but, like, give me a reason. Like, tell me why. Like, why I'm choosing it. I always have thought, like, it's just one of the most beautifully designed apps. Like, I really do think, like, it just looks great. It's it's easy to use. I will say, like, this year, Airtable has won me the heck over. Like, just all of the different, from the automations to the scripts and the apps, um, those were so big. And I, I think... 
to me, like, I didn't know this launch was coming, but naturally in my mind, I'm like, the next step is like, how do you take all of this and present it in a way to an audience where I don't need a third party tool? And so I was really stoked to see like this evolution because I really do feel like there's so like there's so much that's happened in this past year. Um, I, it, it's just it blows my mind even just thinking about all the things that the team probably had to go through. Like there's just a lot of things to push out, like a lot of big features. And so I, I don't know. It really impresses the heck out of me, and I really find that like because I, I used to be a Google Sheets person, and for me it was like, oh hey, and I'll tell you why I like Google Sheets because. I like their ability to pull live data from certain places. I loved AppScript. I could literally go in and write all these scripts to do things that like I couldn't do in a lot of places. And then, you know, here comes Airtable with scripting. Here comes Airtable with automations here. You know, and I find myself, I the last time I opened Google Sheets, it was, it's been a while. I just, I don't, I'm not living there like I used to. And so, I don't know. I, I would just say kudos to to the team and to you. Like, I think a lot of things that have happened this year have really opened my eyes to how much you can get done with just that one wonderful app. So, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, so... It's pretty impressive. I, I love how... Like, so, I had nothing to do with most of the release of those uh, uh, features. So kudos to the team that did work on them. I do work on the one part you felt like we're lacking, which is communicating how all of those come together and making it easy to an audience. So I will keep working on that. I appreciate that. Uh, but no, I do think like, I do think it's important to highlight just like air, like as a long time Airtable user and yourself as well, like every, so I, my bar for features, not a bar, but something I think about a lot uh, is like, you know, when someone releases something or, or not someone, but a, a, a tool releases something and you're like, oh, how do we live before without this thing? Right. And like Airtable this year released so many of those that I forget about some. Like I'll be in a meeting and be like, hey, remember when we didn't have like conditional, like uh, uh, grouped uh, uh, grouped conditions? And I was like, right. Oh, my God. I completely forgot about it. And the person will be like, that was two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, right. Like, that's insane. Like, it's just because there's been so much since that moment. Right. And so, uh, yeah, the, no, the team's been like sprinting a marathon essentially over the last couple of years. And um, it, it, and Absolutely. I think it's super like sync. We haven't talked about sync, right? People, I think that's something uh, that kind of goes under the radar, but it's huge, right? The ability to bring in information from other Airtable bases, uh, to bring in information from other tools as well, right? Whether that's Google Drive, Zendesk, GitHub, whatever. Um, automations, automations, huge. Like there was a world where we used this tool and we didn't even have automations and we still loved it. Right, we're all like, ah, oh, you just use Zapier yeah. or use whatever third-party tool, <laughs> um, and and there's still, again, great reasons to use all those tools, and that's what's crazy. Like, there's still enough greenfield for all of those tools to coexist. Right, so automations, huge scripting, you used to not be able to run scripts. Right, you could run scripts and automations, like you know that that was not a thing before, and then interfaces now, like. Last week, people couldn't build interfaces, right? Like, and we still love this tool. So, uh, um, yeah, no, and and just just like sometimes they do give me view into like what's brewing, and every time I'm like, how do you come up with this stuff? Like, obviously, when they tell me and they show me, I'm like, oh my god, can I have that today? Right? And they're like, nah, and I'm like, oh. I didn't even know about it. And like, I'm already excited, right. About what's coming. And so like, um, I don't know. I'm just so impressed by the team. I have to say and like hats off to them because like, I, I, I feel tired. Right. And I don't even build the stuff. Right. Like it's just, just this yeah. incessant amount of amazing features coming out. And so, um, yeah, like I think a lot of people will say like, Oh yeah, we have the best team, but like, the, I think like we have some features to back up that we have a pretty great team at Airtable that's like releasing at breakneck speed. So uh, yeah, just so much great stuff over the last year. And so enjoy it. Yeah, it's all great. 
I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like, I mean, and no joke, like, I loved Airtable, and I, I found one of the ways that I used it the most was just working with, and if you can hear scratching in the background, everybody, I'm sorry, my dog <laughs> is going wild. But, like, if, it, like, one of the things I, one of the ways I used it the most was working with clients cause, or planning projects, like, when I am was, like, designing my content and working with data, trying to figure out how, like, I'm going to relate that once I get into Webflow or, or whatever Flow is getting into. And I'm, it made it easy to collaborate with clients and try to understand, like, what data they had, what content they had, what that looked like. But truly, like, for the powerhouse stuff, I felt like I was always going to another tool. Mm. And then, like, to hear, like, like just like you said, this past year, all of these different pieces and how much it's shifted my thinking where, like, very regularly now, I reach for Airtable first uh, because it's it just provides so much power for some of those pieces. So uh, I love I love seeing it. I love seeing it. I think it's just a, a been some really cool additions, and I was really excited to see this. I mean, when I watched your your overview video, I like my mind was blown. Uh, I just so many ideas came to mind of things like I want to do, things I want to build, and so uh, of course I'm going to need to quit my job to have <laughs> the time to do it all. But that's a whole other conversation. So I, I don't know. I was pretty pumped to see it. And I think this is just a really cool release from the team. So kudos to everybody at Airtable because it's pretty cool. Absolutely. It's pretty cool. Matt, Lacey, any closing thoughts, questions for Aaron before we let him go? I was going to ask about the evolution, but I feel like it might be waiting to uh, like, like essentially what what's next out of beta. Uh, but it might wade too far into uh can't and can't talk about it yet. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Not, I mean, I, so here, here's what I'll say. I would love to tell you probably if I knew I would tell you, and that's also probably why they haven't told me. And so it's like a catch 22, right? So like you can ask Matt, you can ask whatever question you have, but like ain't nobody trusting me with information that cannot be spilled out in the public because guess what? I would come on a podcast and be like, guess what we're releasing next week. You know what I mean? So, uh, I am on a, on a need to know basis at Airtable, And I think that's, that's really ideal for everybody. That's how, you know, you've kind of made it as like an Airtable influencer. Um, if they can't tell you things because people will find out you made it, I think you should be very proud of that. Well, we talked about this too. Aaron and I talked about this after uh, Automate All the Things stream that I was on. We talked about like what are like what are new releases like from an internal perspective, and it's so funny. Like even when you release something new, the very first question is like, "Hey, what's next?" Or "Can we have this?" And it's like, "This, this just happened. Can we live in this reality for five minutes before before we think of what's next?" But I was with Matt. I was thinking about the very same question. Uh, so uh, yeah, uh, even even knowing living on the inside side at Webflow, I was still the exact same question. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, one thing I will say that like um, is that Airtable now has like surface areas that we've committed to, right? Sync, automations, interfaces. And I think you know, one thing that you, I hope we've proven over the last year is our ability to like improve those surface areas, right? Like Sync is a good example, right? So that was launched uh, uh I think end of last year, if I remember correctly, but again, like I, who knows by this point. Right. Um, and sync has just multi-source sync. Like there was a time you couldn't sync multiple sources. Again, one of those things are like, how did we live without that? Right. There was, uh, so many new sources as well. Right. And so if you think that as an example, same thing with automations, so many new triggers, so many new actions that you can do. Uh, and there's a lot more to come there. Right. Interfaces is a similar surface that we're going to iterate on and improve over time. So I can't sit here and say, like, January 1st, you know, this is going to come out. But what I think I can confidently say is that, like, the team is amazing at, at just releasing things that people love and want. Right. So I, 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 yeah. I hope yeah. I, I'm. I think I can promise you that, that this is a big surface area that we're going to keep improving on. And the little I've seen around the future, it's like, it's very bright and very exciting. So, uh, um, so yeah, I can't, can't tell you any specifics, unfortunately, but you know, I'm excited about it. Right. Uh, and so 
<laughs> so yeah. So you heard it here first. Uh, Airtable has their Webflow replacement coming late next year. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, uh, I'm joking. But uh, you know, Aaron, we, we just want to thank you so much for coming on. I always love hearing your thoughts on things, and really. Uh, we're excited about this launch, and we're so happy that you came on to talk talk to us about it. For people who are listening, how do they find you? Anything you wanna you wanna plug specifically? Like, yeah, where do they go follow you? Yeah, I feel like if if I I feel like sometimes it's hard to not like I feel like I'm always tweeting stuff. So uh, Aaron K O R A R O N K O R on Twitter is probably the best place to find me. If uh, you're kind of getting started on Airtable, a few good places is. Uh, AATT.io, where I have a free course. You can also check out airtable.com slash webinars, uh, where you'll see myself and uh, some of my colleagues. Also, the Airtable YouTube channel. Uh, every Thursday, I stream on the, the Airtable channel. Every Wednesday, I stream on my own channel. So uh, there are no uh, lack of places to go out and learn. And again, like if you're building an interface or you're hitting roadblocks or you're having issues, whatever, just tweet at me. Uh, and I want to see everyone's interfaces. I, I love seeing them. I love to see what people build. And if you're building something cool, I'm happy to invite you on the stream. If you're struggling, also invite happy to invite you all on the stream. So uh, yeah, reach out. I'm just I'm just really excited to see what everyone builds on top of Airtable and other tools. Also, whatever you build, share it. I'm yeah. excited to show it off. Love it. Love it. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you all next week. Bye, everybody. Adios. Deuce. Bye. Deuce. Oh, my God. Thanks for listening to visualdev.fm. You can find us on your favorite social media platform at visualdev.fm. 